Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the program. We are live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate at this hour. If you or anyone you know has been in the New Jersey real estate market, you feel the pain. On the rebound from the housing crash, New Jersey real estate keeps getting hotter. And we're going to clarify this or not with with Gene here in a minute. And the battle of bids and demand for homes continues to get worse. I'm going to talk to Eugene Cordano, Executive Vice President of Sales at Halstead, New Jersey this morning and get the lowdown. Also at this hour, do you think Instagram is just for reality TV stars and the kids who love them? Think again. The average age of social media platform users continues to rise, and the Instagram-savvy New York City uh, real estate agents using it are reporting great results. It's hitting critical mass, as our own Sean McPeak, a real estate salesperson at Halstead and a panel member here who started an account back in 2013 and began seeking more engagements uh, about two years ago. Of approximately 120 deals over the past two years, he credits about 40% of his sales, or $25 million, to Instagram. Interesting. Innovative. Well, sort of. Sean is here today, we think, and uh, he'll help us understand this exploding <laughs> a little late on the subway train, maybe. Yes. <laughs> He's posting right now. We'll have to figure something out. I texted him. He's on his way. There you go. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, since Governor Phil Murphy first promised the legislation of recreational weed on the campaign trail for New Jersey, industry insiders have kept a close watch on the state. Its geography, density, affluence, and history together make the state ripe for a new generation of cannabis consumers. And although legalization is moving forward slower than the governor originally promised, it's moving forward in a way that could create a new uh, type of cannabis industry. Rolling Stone magazine recently sat down with Peter Barsoom, CEO of 1906 Edibles, a Colorado-based company that specializes in mood-targeting cannabis treats for both the medical and recreational markets. Both you make that sound so delectable. This is good stuff. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Barsoom is a New Jersey resident and is extremely bullish on his home state. He says New Jersey has a unique set of circumstances that I think allow uh, it to potentially become one of the leaders in the cannabis industry, not just in the U.S., but globally. I'm wondering why that's so important to him, but it's like unbelievable. <laughs> to start, because question. of strict prohibition enforcement over the last few decades, New Jersey has some justice issues to fix that a well-structured and regulated cannabis market could help fund. He also sees the, legislati- the legislative process as an opportunity, saying If you have the right level of executive leadership, then you can put the right uh, industry, the right regulation, and New Jersey will be the first state in the country to legalize and put in a regulated system through legislation. I say, oy vey. I mean, seriously. I mean, what? I mean, we'll wait and see what that brings, but, but what is that about? Anyway, total global uh, real estate investment reached $1.8 trillion over the past year, a record amount. New York City once again led the way with more money poured into real estate than any other city. This according to a new Cushman and Wakefield global capital market report of the top 50 cities. While New York saw $49.6 billion invested from June 2017 to June 2018, that was a 3.4% below the previous year. 
Los Angeles, though, ranked second with $40.7 billion, which represented a 4.8% gain over the previous year, rounding out Cushman's top five worldwide uh, cities as London, Paris, and Hong Kong. And finally today, Richard Meyer, the founder and managing partner of his very famous architecture firm, is stepping down. The announcement comes seven months after five women accused the icon of sexual harassment in a report published by the New York Times. Meyer, who founded uh, Richard Meyer and Partners in 1963, took a six-month leave of absence from the firm after the allegations were made public. Meyer will continue to be available to colleagues and clients who seek his vast experience and counsel. However, the firm will now be led by managing principal Bernard Koff, the firm announced last week. Continue to go on with the Me Too movement, and uh, it just is what it is. My guest today is Eugene Cordano. Throughout Woo-hoo! his 25 years in the real estate field, Gene Am I that has. Old? <laughs> no, you're not that old. <laughs> so yeah. These numbers, you know, amazing. I appreciate that. Has garnered respect by his clients and colleagues since joining Halstead back. This one surprised back in 1997. So that's 21. And he looks exactly the same. He, he hasn't changed a bit. Does and I still didn't have hair then, but anyway, <laughs> totally the same. You need to maintain a similar <laughs> visage. Exactly, you know. I want his vitamins. Is not a line on his face either. Hello, but he's so young. And three kids. Anyway, wow. he quickly established himself as a top broker at Halstead and became a member of their prestigious pl- uh, Platinum cl- uh, Circle, the Producers Council, Gold Circle, etc. After 11 successful years as an agent with Halstead, Gene was promoted to director of sales. Metro New Jersey for Halstead's uh, office in Hoboken. He was recently promoted to executive director of sales for all of New Jersey. He is responsible for strategic growth, direction, hands-on management of Halstead's first signature storefront office in Hoboken. I remember, is that still there? It is. It is still there, wow. Uh, As well as exploring new opportunities in New Jersey market. In addition, he currently spearheads the sales and marketing efforts for new developments in the area. Gene comes from a family of builders and developers, which his father gave him... uh, gave him valuable insight to always look at each project from a variety of angles, but he didn't give you $400 million though, right? This is true. There you go. A graduate of St. John's University, he holds a BA in political science with a minor in finance. He is a member of the Real Estate Board of New York, the New York and New Jersey Builders Association, the Hudson County and Hoboken Chambers of Commerce, Habitat for Humanities, I love that one, of Hudson County, and he also participates in local USO, VFW, and Catholic Charities. My goodness, that is a big one. Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to see you again after all this time. Thanks for having me. So <laughs> excited to have you. Welcome. It's very exciting. So let's let's talk about New Jersey. You know, in the beginning, the, the, I read it said that the market is booming. It, it alludes to lots of bidding wars, lots of hot contested, you know, deals here and there. What's the skinny? I mean, is it really a hot hot market, or is it just kind of like? In pockets, because and the reason I ask is because, Montclair. <laughs> well, right, because New 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 York City is kind of in a in a something mode, funk. Yeah. So right across the bo- the the bridge, which is not that far away, it seems like, from what I'm reading, New Jersey is hot hot. Tell us about it. So you know, it it, it is hot in pockets. Um, I think it has. Uh, it's actually come off. It's been higher, much higher last year. Um, but there are bidding wars because there just is it's a low supply and rising interest rate kind of a market. So it's not dissimilar to New York at this point. I read yesterday that the interest rate is up to four point was going up, uh, I think this week or next to four point five or four point eight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hovering around that five percent mark, which everybody is kind of fearful here in New York City. what is the what is the feeling out in Jersey? I mean, the the prices, the purchase prices are lower in some cases, but 
interest rates are interest rates. So where is the mindset for buyers out there with approaching 5%? And I would probably think by the end of the year, we'll be at 5%. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, you know, the way it trends. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like the, the, the negative side of an overall good economic story, right? When the economy is good, interest rates are rising because banks can charge more. Of course, the downside to that is it hurts our, the real estate market because people have to reevaluate what are they paying for their houses. Year over year, you're talking about 125 basis points from uh, June of 17 to sort of now. So it's one and a quarter percent higher interest rates. And, you know, that does give a pause. It's a big deal. You know, it's affordability and it's a big deal. And um, in a no-spin conversation, New Jersey is not cheap on the real estate taxes. Uh, Very high taxes. I heard this week the president is looking at the Fed and saying, come on, guys, what's going on here? Why are these rates going up? What can we do to keep them from going up? So that's the good news. I don't know how we can keep them from uh, going up and and where inflation uh, gets involved there. But it says here that home prices have increased 8.7% in New Jersey over the past year compared with 8.3% nationally. That's pretty high. It's it's strong. There there are really strong pockets of of uh, in New Jersey, but it's it's very town centric, right? So you've got the Gold Coast, we're all familiar with Hoboken, Jersey City, the waterfront. I wasn't right? familiar that that was called the Gold Coast. That I didn't know that. It's New Jersey Gold Coast. Jersey Coast. I had no idea. Spain? No, 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 no. no. It's, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no it's, we stole that. New Jersey Gold Coast. It worked well for Fifth Avenue, and we just took it on our side and said, you know, we're going to go with this. And you know, I mean, first time I've ever heard that. That's right. That's right. There you have it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there are so many differentiations between the, the neighborhoods. I mean, the closer to the city you get, it's just very, very different than the further out. Very, very true. It's a very huge true. territory. Correct. Very well, true. well, all right. So I was going to ask you about the top five neighborhoods, you know, in, in the Gold Coast region. So sure. we, we go from maybe Edgewater down to Jersey City. Sure. So what is that where it really is happening? Is that where people... That's where most of the demand is and, and where most of the development is. And it's it's centered. Jersey City is is really on fire right now. You, you, you've got 10,000 apartments in the pipeline in Jersey City. Is this new development? New uh, development. 10,000. 10,000 over the next two to three years. Um, wow. The majority of that, however, is rental. That's the interesting thing about that. So the majority of it is rental. I wanted to ask you the difference between sales and rental uh, in the Gold Coast area of New Jersey because um, I see a lot of both. Is the inventory uh, too much? Is there too much out there, too much product out there on the market right now? We're in a – I think we're getting to that point. Yes, we are definitely getting to that point. So you've got – a lot of product on the market, uh, upwards of maybe 20% more supply in the market right now than we had last year. And with the rising interest rates, you've got lower demand. So you've got, you know, time on the market is beginning to stretch out to 35 or 40 days, where it used to be, you know, 20 days, 35 days, max, you were closed already. Right. Well, not here. We're about 90 days on the market. I know. Of, of, I know. You can't be nervous about days. it. You can't be nervous about no. it. It's this the is norm. what it is. But normal. I think Jersey is a value play. Uh, oftentimes, I, I think that the difference, you know, when, when New York sneezes, everyone else gets a cold, right? It's an old axiom, right? <laughs> I like that. But oh, my God, I love that. I've never heard of it. It, was, it is I'm really true. That. It is, it is really so. true. It's it's very true. It's very, very like true. Like Ari and Park Slope. Yes, exactly. Same thing happens. <laughs> the same thing happens, yes. But let me ask you something, Gene. So so what what is the what is the, 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 the key that gets people from the metropolitan New York City neighborhoods, the traditional New York City, you know, living? to 
cross that bridge and move to the Gold Coast, move to one of those wonderful towns, Jersey City, Hoboken. You, I mean, you can go on and on. Weehawken, sure. I love Weehawken. What is the impetus for people to get there? To go there, I think it's lifestyle. I think you get you do st- even though you have you do have a cheaper purchase price, so you get more bang for your real estate dollar. And but it is it is a lifestyle. You know, it, it's uh, the towns are, are really very nice. You know, even even wherever you are along there, it's gentrified. There's great restaurants and and things to do. Schools are good. Now um, you're paying for that, right? In your real estate taxes. But it, it is attractive, you know. It is attractive, and it doesn't. Apl- it doesn't. Uh, I think appeal to everybody, you know. I think the the New York buyer who 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 wants to be in New York and can afford to be in New York is not coming across the river. I think if you have some affinity to New Jersey and or family in New Jersey, those are the target people who are always interested in coming to the Gold Coast. But we do. It's about value, well, though, in comparison. So ahead, when yeah. I was just a lot say, of value. Yeah. When I, I, went, in compar- I mean, I'm talking about like Jersey City and Hoboken because I actually have, I was telling you before the show, I actually have a longstanding client that can absolutely afford to be in the city and mm-hmm, they just moved mm-hmm. to Hoboken and I'm renting yeah, out their law. That's, yeah. And, and they love it. That's terrific. And we do we do see a lot of transplants like that. We, we see a lot of executive moves, a lot of... Uh, uh, self-employed type, you know, uh, IT or lawyers and things like that who are moving to the Gold Coast to get the beautiful brownstone that is, you know, arguably much larger. Again, that more value play for your dollar, the you know, for three or four chill. million dollars, right? Yeah. For three or four million dollars in Jersey City and Paulus Hook or in, in Hoboken, you can buy a very nice home, you know, 4,000 square feet, 30, you know, something in that neck of the woods. And, you know, that wouldn't buy you a decent two-bedroom in the city. So there is absolutely a value to, play. To, to Anna's point about value, I mean, years ago we saw the migration to Brooklyn, for example, to to pick a borough that's become completely, you know, uh, popular, more mm-hmm. so than ever before. At that time, you can find value in Brooklyn. When Today, not so much so because the, the neighborhoods have gotten so nice and so beautiful and the prices have, you Without know. I, I'm born and bred in Brooklyn. I, I know from whence you come, Vince. It, right. So, you know. so the thing is, I'm thinking the same thing with Jersey or the, well, at least the Gold Coast of Jersey. You know, at first people find value and then all of a sudden, you know, prices keep climbing and escalating. And before, you know, taxes in New Jersey are not low. So it becomes a matter of I really want to be there because the value isn't necessarily, you know, always there. We have to take a break. We will be right back. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're going to ask Gene about rent versus buy in New Jersey. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? 
Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with Eugene Cordano, who is the Executive uh, Vice President of Sales in New Jersey. We have Niall Lundgren from Compass, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Element, and I want to shout out to Tracy for being number six team in Douglas Element for the month of September. Congratulations. Oh, you take it, take it, take it. Fantastic. <laughs> Tracy's like, my PR girl's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you later. Thanks, Vince. Ma- Matthew Cohen from Core Real Estate, Sean McPeak from Halstead, Anna Shagaloff from Halstead, and Ari Harkoff from Halstead. Halstead. We're Halstead heavy again today. All right, back to New Jersey. If you or anyone you know has been uh, in the New Jersey market, you you can feel the pain. It's gotten really hot, 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 so to speak. But all of that makes a tough market for buyers, especially in a state that already has one of the highest median house prices in the country. Rent prices have remained stable, but they too are much higher than the uh, national average. What are people feeling in New Jersey these days, in your your territory, with you know the question? Because we're going through a lot of that in this particular marketplace here in New York City. Sure. Should I buy something, or should I continue to rent, or should I rent? I mean, people have rentals; they want to stay renting for a while until the market changes. What is the rent-to-buy philosophy in New Jersey these days? So, you know, I think the equation for rentals is actually very good in Jersey right now. Um, You've got a slew of brand new, very um, full amenity buildings that are going up. Lots of them on the waterfront. New York quality, you know, pools, gyms, theater rooms, golf simulators, the similar lifestyle that you have there uh, in the city here. Easy transportation. And the interesting Twerk, uh, quirk about it, forgive me, is is that the tax law actually gave some benefit to being a renter versus uh, versus owning because you have the, the, Interesting. the limitation on tax deductibility for purchases. So the expensive rentals, which in New Jersey is four to five or six thousand dollars, are actually doing pretty well. So uh, over a year period in, in, in the marketplace out there, do you see more rentals or do you see more sales? We still see more sales. You still see more sales. Yes. Okay. And what are the what are the hot neighborhoods right now for sales in New Jersey? So you've got definitely, the two of them are in Jersey City. You've got downtown and you've got Journal Square in Jersey City. Uh, so Journal Square is a little bit west of the waterfront. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's again, it's a value play, right? So people are pushed out uh, or it's too expensive to buy on the waterfront where the average price per square foot is at least 1000 mm-hmm. even in resale, let's say 950 1050 in the that Condos or co-ops or just a blend? Mostly condos. Okay. Mostly condos. Okay. Mo- New Jersey actually does not have that many condo, uh, co-ops. Right? co-ops it's, all, right. it's all condo. Right. Um, so Journal Square became, is now and, uh, and, and still to, uh, to date is a real value play. You've got 
older, say, 1980s type buildings that three or four years ago were selling at 250000 now selling at five and $600,000 for the same apartment. So tremendous gains have been made in those, uh, in those areas because, again, it's still more, to, more affordable than being on the waterfront downtown. A- absolutely. But yes. so so I went to high school in New Jersey. Well, and you go? We we always uh, tenify. <laughs> okay. So we we always used to talk about how the Gold Coast that you're talking about uh-huh. it always it kind of goes up the Hudson and you mm-hmm. hit you know Bergen County and you even get to like parts of Rockland County. Well, that's not um, Gold Coast. No, that's because you have Englewood and Tenafly and Alpine and all these very very prestigious towns that have that's crazy special schools. Well, no, no, because that's right. what, that's, that's what single family diamond. Like what, <laughs> what, what happens is that you have this blackout area. We used to call Edgewater and Forley blackout. Like we used to say that that's like where all the you know other people lived. But these days, those who didn't go to Tenafly High well, School. Well, no, it's one of those areas now that there's a lot of. You have to get of, to know Matthew. Then, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, Eugene. There's there's, <laughs> there's a lot of co-ops in Fort Lee, actually. Um, that and is there's true. Major rental buildings now true. in Fort Lee right. and in parts of Edgewater because mm-hmm. of um, like Columbia Presbyterian on 167th. Yes. They all go to Fort Lee to live in these great buildings, and they have buses mm-hmm. from the campus. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, Fort Lee's a very, uh, it's, it's, it's an older community that has a lot of, uh, of, uh, of new development going on. It's, it's interesting, Fort Lee, however, you know, if you look at it on a price basis, it's just, it has the views, right? But it doesn't have the location of Jersey City and Hoboken. And right. that's why, you know, a, a three-bedroom in Fort Lee is maybe 300000 in a nice co-op, right? And it may be high-rise, but that same apartment in Jersey City is $2, two million. So, you know. So, so Jersey City, three-bedroom, $2 million. That you can get up there, absolutely. Depending upon the, you know, I would say the averages are, are you know, if you're looking at one, the one bedroom price in Jersey City is probably just under eight hundred thousand dollars right now for a right. condo full service. Right. Two bedrooms are one two, plus or minus. Now you you can get cheaper, you know, but if you if you want to be on the water full service, and then the threes are definitely pushing uh, into the twos, one eight two, depending upon what you want. You know, right. if you go into Hoboken, you can get three bedroom townhouses. In places like Maxwell Place, which is the old Toll Brothers development, right. and those are well over two million dollars. Uh, and you go to Weehawken, you're talking about Weehawken. Um, you know, you, you can go to Henley on the Hudson and get actual houses with garages that are on the waterfront with elevators. So there's a lot of diversity and type of product that you can get in New Jersey. Right. And, and what's so cool is that um, if you if you speak to a lot of brokers, there are a lot of agents in our industry in New York that actually do a lot of business in Jersey City and Hoboken. Like mm-hmm. when I know that you know people like Christian Schaefer's and Zach Rossi and Ash Kolkarni, like they all when you know business sure. kind of here, yeah. yeah, they they you know do a lot of business there. So you see a lot of people who can actually speak to both sides. All right, we're on radio, so we don't have to worry about fair housing. So we can talk. We can talk about. We always worry about that. Well, no, no, no. But we can. We're not with clients, and we're not, you know, showing people around. So I, and the reason I say that is because my question is: so what, you know, who is moving, you know, to these these very, you know, uh, popular neighborhoods right now in Jersey? Families, singles, students, a mixture of everybody, uh, empty yeah, nesters. Yeah, you're right. It is, it is a mixture of everybody. Uh, empty nesters is an interesting one because Jersey's not really known for um, it, the New Jersey is actually known for 55 and over, but they're in playing communities and they're they're, right. they're not right. on the Gold Coast. But you see a lot of empty nesters 
selling their large suburban homes and moving to the Gold Coast, you know, for the apartment, to, for the proximity to the city. Um, it is, a, 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 I, I think, the milieu of potential buyers and, and renters that are out there does span the, 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 the income brackets. You know, from the rentals to the to the people with the young uh, the young people with their first jobs out of colleges going into those rentals at two thousand a month, which is a decent amount of money. It is. You know, it's not totally cheap, but it's very nice quality stock. And you you and then you know you're moving up and moving up. I think the most interesting uh, demographic that's coming into New Jersey is the one that Anna mentioned about families with children buying brownstones. Because this is driving that market and it's driving not only the brownstone market, it's driving the suburban market as well. Single-family houses. Correct. I was saying there's a large demographic of empty nesters, more than ever, because I, I've seen a lot of my clients sell their things in Hoboken, Jersey City, mm-hmm. and move, and move into to the city. city. Yep. Um, yep. But but those are younger people, and they're selling to empty nesters, and they're selling, like, I know that, um, you know, obviously years ago, but my parents sold to an empty nester in Tenafly. Um, a lot of Edgewater townhouses are going to empty nesters because mm-hmm. of the ferry system and uh, transportation in Edgewater is actually terrible. Like that road that's the main street River Road, well, River River road, road is tough. Yeah. Like yeah. horrible. Tough. So if you, it's almost like living in like parts of Boca. Like people can live there and not have to drive. Like you just walk everywhere. So I don't you, know about that in Boca. City, I always feel like I have to drive somewhere. I mean, how do you get around in Boca? What it, but if you're close to Publix, you're kind of like close to Whole Foods and Mitsua and Edgewater. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go to Publix. I'm not <laughs> I don't know. Publix, we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Walk to, I don't do Publix. Best anyway. fried chicken going in the world. Best fried chicken I mean, in the world. Just, I'm telling you, don't let the name fool you. Publix, ha- they have good food. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not It's not the food. And, and, and help me. God forgive me. ARP card in the mail it's yesterday. Just, it's the crowd of people that go to Publix all the time. It's just too many people. It's just too big of a store. I'm just going to repeat once again. Best fried chicken in the world. Thank you, Tracy. At Publix, yes, spicy fried chicken. Best Korean food to go back to New Jersey, Mitsua. Like, go to Mitsua. It's by Soju, that spa. Go oh, there. Of course. It's on oh, right there by Soju, the spa. It, uh, it's on. It's on River Road. <laughs> I was just there yesterday, <laughs> getting my toes rubbed. It's just a hop, Back skip, to and you, Vince. Take control of it. You go. You go right through the tunnel in ten minutes. <laughs> Listen, I love it. So between so, between eleven and two, we have about PM. two minutes left to the segment. So give us a little. <laughs> give us a little bit about the the nightlife or the. The, the culture or the, the, the restaurants or the good places to go and have fun oh, when you're living in one of these wonderful towns. That's great. There's so much to do. Uh, you know, if you look at Jersey City, there's a, there's a great art scene uh, down there, which is, Absolutely. which is really burgeoning with great restaurants and uh, music, etc. There's a great restaurant uh, called Liberty House, which is in Liberty I've been State there. Park. It's been it's there. Really That's a tremendous yeah. vantage point yeah. to the downtown skyline. Yeah. Excellent. I just had lunch really this summer excellent. at the Surf Club. Oh yeah, on the in, water. Uh, in uh, that's uh, we're the only ones there, and the place is huge. That's Newport Center. Those places are very big. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. very big. There's they're a very cute big. little place for karaoke right when you get off the sub <laughs> the path station too. I do and as that. a New Yorker, <laughs> Newport, yes. And as a New Yorker, sometimes I say when I'm in places like that, you can't even see this magnificent Manhattan view from anywhere in Manhattan. That's very true, Vince. I used to say that when we first came to New Jersey, I said this was the view you can't buy for any price inside. Manhattan. That's right. It's, it's very and, true. And if you it's need an true. event venue, <laughs> go to the Chart House. It's it also has I great views. I actually have my bar mitzvah there. So, not to age myself. So it's myself. been there a couple of years. You're not allowed to There's say a recommendation. that. Matt. Listen, the Chart House is also back to Anna's point. It's a huge place, and if you're only and if you're there early or whatever, and you are only a few people in the restaurant, you feel like you're in this. 
is you know cavernous, whatever. But again, the the the, the, uh, the views are amazing, and the food there is terrific. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. We're live from Blast Off Productions here in New York. This is Good Morning New York. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back and moving on to other hot topics. As a popular backdrop for photo shoots, a set uh, for television shows and a home to many trendy new bars, the Meatpacking District has come a long way from its humble beginnings. With the area's new status, rents are pretty pricey. The median asking uh, rental price these days is a hefty $5,072 for a one-bedroom. The mix of old and new, coupled with cobblestone streets, certainly doesn't come cheap. Aesthetically beautiful, but very expensive. Despite the new glass and steel developments along the High Line, uh, the neighborhood still retains some of its old architectural character thanks to the landmark guidelines. It's not uncommon to find Greek revival townhouses, old brick converted lofts, and modern buildings within this neighborhood, so you've got a mix of everything. I remember a time when you could not even get out of your car or walk that neighborhood. The only thing you could do is stay in your car and zip down 14th Street to the highway because you were going either east or uh, north or south. Or you were headed to Hogs and Heifers. Exactly. Correct. Oh, when it, yeah, <laughs> in the glory days, I do. Oh, my God, yes. But so, 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 you know, You're those of us. probably dancing on the bar at the same time, Anna. Those of us who have been around for a while. What has changed? What what has changed that neighborhood? I mean, it has made a beautiful neighborhood. It's gorgeous, but it was meat hanging all over the place prostitutes walking the streets. I mean, I'll be very honest. It was a horrible place. Well, I think that... Why did they choose that area to make beautiful? I was going to... So wait, no, so there... I will say there's a bunch of things... That's a real influencer. Yeah, I mean, well, Diane von Furstenberg's building was one of the biggest things. But now, by the way, now, you know, she's building a park on the Hudson River. Like, if you drive on on the the West Side Highway and you see cranes it's because she's building a park on the hudson river for some crazy amount of money um you know what the cross street is like what that's it's like exactly where you enter meatpacking so it's it's along 14th street oh okay Um, but she was a pioneer right there which then made which then made samantha on sex in the city a pioneer but she's a fossil at this point so what is she building (laughs) whoa whoa which one (laughs) hold on dresses are not just for fossils thank you that fossil is building a park so i mean you know and then and then richard meyer got word 
and built those amazing glass buildings on the West Side Highway, which are pretty damn Well, close. he's done that this a while ago. This takes one yeah. person to believe in a neighborhood and do something special there, and then people just follow along. And you know, there's, oh, sorry. I would, sorry, no. Um, and when you have something that's like aesthetically just beautiful to look at, it's really not that difficult. And and you're also just north of the West Village, which is one of the hottest neighborhoods in the city. But I think what my what my thought always is when I think about how wonderful <clears throat> it's converted, it's like when you look at the old days, okay. It was just so horrendous to look at. You really literally, between the smell of meat and the flies all over the place, I mean, you just didn't really want to walk around that neighborhood. Why would anybody designate in their mind that spot to say, okay, we're going to completely change this, move all these meat you know, uh, concerns out of here, and develop housing or, or, or renovate at, what they've had? What Vince, they had. I think if you look at where people have to go into the edges now, right, it's so congested in the middle part of the island, if you will. So this was a place that actually was fairly accessible with 14th Street and everything else compared to, you know, now we're seeing, you know, the way, way west side or um, to the river on the lower east side. This was something that was actually still fairly central with subway access, et cetera. There were already a little bit of retail and you've got the river, the water. Yeah. And it's the same reason when we sell apartments and projects and people like to come in early because they feel like, you know, they're getting something that no one else has. It, they felt like, yeah. they, well, they also just felt like they were going into an area that no one else knew about. Like it was an industrial area <sighs> that people love. Like people love that. Same reason people like Flatiron. Yeah. I mean, uh, now I'll date know. myself. You guys remember Lot 61, Sweet 16. Like and the nightlife started to go there. Pastis, 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 Pastis was the king. That was the pioneer. Oh, yeah. That was the pioneer. Yeah. That was and the pioneer. Pastis. Pastis went out. Yeah. Did you know that? Before you, yes. yes. Restoration uh-huh. hardware now. But the Samsung store there is amazing. My friends and I used to go to San Cubano <laughs> all the time. Yes, and well, and now it's just yes. Soho Lotus. houses there. What about now, though? Yeah. Tracy, I know you go to Soho House. And when I'm invited, yes, you know, I do. And then there's, if you're <laughs> a bridge and tunnel kind of guy, go to Catch. <laughs> like, I still oh, like Catch. Thursday night roof. I love Catch. I love Catch. The food is great. We the talked is, about bridge and tunnel last week, I think it was. Uh, but yes, I love Catch. It's fantastic. The food is great. And the brass monkey. I mean, for 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 locals, it seems <clears throat> to be a destination spot. You go, go there for the restaurants and then you get out. Because right. it's almost like Soho where... It got so crazy and so crowded within the center of Soho that everybody wants to be in the outskirts. That's now become meatpacking where it is just crazy to live there. I, I mean, I, I couldn't. I just showed a lot there on Sunday, uh, last Sunday, for four seven fifty needs a complete gut renovation. It's about 3,000 square feet. So, it's, I mean, it's huge. Uh, and it's in a beautiful, small um, brick building, elevator magnificent but you know i'm looking out all the windows and i'm looking right down on the meatpacking district and i'm thinking hmm i wonder on a hot thursday friday saturday night when everybody's out on the street how i mean do you want to look at that or kind of come and go through that every day i don't know i love that district but i don't know that i could live you know it's great during the day during the day it's unbelievable and during the week it generally is as yeah. well but it's the weekend get that gets hot and, and, and intense look it's fun but, um, but that's also to Anna's point. That's why, like, the Dorsey is very successful. The new development that's on 14th between, um, right. I think, between 8th and 9th. Because you're close, but not in Not it. there. Right. Yeah. All right, let's move to another network, uh, another neighborhood. Brooklyn, the uh, penthouse at Brooklyn Bridge Park's Quay Towers is poised to break the record for the most expensive home ever sold in the borough. That I didn't know. Uh, a source tells Curb that the penthouse combo at the building, a mashup of two units, is now on contract for more than $20 million. Douglas Elliman Development Marketing handled that sale. If the property closes for anywhere close to that price, 
It would break the current record for the most expensive home sold in Brooklyn. That's currently held by two townhouses, one in Cobble Hill that sold for $15.5 million in 2015 and one in Brooklyn Heights for the same price. Um, you know, uh, in Dumbo, one Main Street, which sold for $15 million, the sale at Quay Tower will smash that record as well. What I, I mean... By like thirty three percent, it's insane. Right. What 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 is what what's driving <laughs> that particular price in that particular penthouse, in that building? I mean, is it just so the building is? It's built in um, Brooklyn Bridge Park, which is on the waterfront in Brooklyn. It's the last residential building that can be built in the park. So the views from that penthouse are going to be extraordinary, unrivaled, and can never be replicated. So right. I think that's one of the reasons. Um, I know the way they designed the building. So the building is a straight-up building. There are no setbacks. So the only terraces go to the penthouses. So they have uh, one of the only private outdoor spaces of three units in the building. But it's full taxes. It's full carry. The building doesn't have a parking garage. And it's a huge number that I don't think anyone expected. And I have to say, candidly, the rest of the building, I don't think is actually selling very well uh, because the carry is very high and you have no private outdoor spaces. And the Brooklyn market is flooded with a lot of new product. I didn't um, get the opportunity to check the size of that penthouse. How big is it for 20 I'm not million? sure because they mashed up two apartments, right. so I don't know what they ended up combining there. Right. It wasn't originally conceived that no. because you would never, as a developer, plan to sell a $20 million unit mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Um, they, right. A couple people have tried, by the way. So, so adjacent to the building is the Jehovah's Witness conversion at 360 Furman, which is one Brooklyn Bridge, which was the first building developed in um, the waterfront of the park there. And there was a resale at one point that tried to hit 20 or something like that, and they didn't sell. And that dates back, one Brooklyn Bridge Park dates back at least, I think, 10 years oh, yeah, ago, 10 because months. I was at 20 Henry Street selling in, oh my God, 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, at least way back then. Yep. Uh, big number. I, I, a big, big number. And I'm just thinking 20 million. It's in contract. Let's see if it closes. Of course, it should. I mean, it's a condo. But uh, I thought that was a huge, huge I think there's number. a big shift going into Brooklyn. I think there's yeah. going to be a market for ultra luxury pro- uh, product in the borough from now on. This is one indicator. But there's also been a few blips in the radar in Williamsburg as well. So Correct. Waterfront property. Well, Williamsburg is so hot. I mean, it's really a really hot but, area. But you, would you expect Williamsburg to outsell like a Brooklyn Heights building or a Key Tower? Yeah, listen, you know, uh, who knows, right? But, but I would also say, if you look at it, I mean, so statistically from the data, over 5 million in Brooklyn, you can almost count on like a couple of hands, the number of sales. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny that's, fragment of the market. That's the point. Exactly. Um, Same for Jersey, actually. Yeah. I may throw that in. It's, it's, right. fair, it's very similar. It's not so dissimilar. <laughs> no, right. so not at all. I mean, Brooklyn is hot and it's selling like crazy, a little better these days than, than Manhattan is, but, but selling really robustly. But when I saw... That number, I thought, whoa, $20 yeah. million. That's interesting. All right, so on the heels of that, let's talk about comps. If you're shopping for an apartment in New York City, no doubt you've heard the word comp by now. It's a word that gets thrown around a lot with the assumption everyone knows what it is. As it turns out, that's far from true, especially in markets like today. Where do you come up with comps? Why are comps you know, very difficult to look at today? Why should we care? I mean, you know, the, the big question is, you know, we as agents say, well, what difference does it make? You like the unit, just buy it. Well, buyers out there, especially we in care these markets. buyers care. That's right. So what, 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 what's about a comp? 
Well, you're trying to peg the value of a property, right? So if you think about the way most assets are traded, whether you're selling a box of cereal, you're selling, you know, shares in a corporation, there has to be a consensus in the consumer world as to what, you know, a a unit value of a product is. But in real estate, we have one buyer for one asset, which is a very unusual asset class. So because of that, you try to look at comparable properties that have sold and analyze those properties Mm -hmm. as it relates to the property you're looking at and say, well, this one's on a higher floor, this one's more renovated, this one has a bigger terrace, what have you, and come to some sort of normalized value of what the property should be because, again, it's one buyer for one asset. Um, But the idea is that there should be a market value within some bounds. The problem in our market is, A, the market is moving right now, and B, there's a mix of art and science. And so it's not a perfect science because we don't have a consensus. We don't have 100 buyers agreeing that, you know, 291 Union 4E should be $2 million. One buyer might think it's 1.8 and someone else might think it's 2.2. And that's part of the beauty, but also the challenge of the market, particularly when it's moving like it is right now. Well, I agree with you. I just, uh, and I don't want to jinx anything, but I just, I'm taking on 30 units uh, coming up very quickly. Um, and it's about to get signed. But Congrats. The, Congratulations. Thank you. But the, but the thing is, you know, it took about two weeks to come up with pricing changes and, and, and what, the pri- the, what the correct prices should be. And, and again, here's the word comps, all right? And so we're looking at what was, what is, what sold, what didn't sell, what's currently in the market, neighborhood here, there. It, should it be 4% down, 5% down, 2% down? You know, I got to tell you something. You know, Sarah Rada was here. I was a just going to say. I was just going to reference her. Actually. Right. She and you know, it really. And I love Sarah, and she's right. I mean, you know, it's really a little bit of you know science and a and a, and a kind of you know whatever, uh, because you it's in these markets it's so difficult to come up with what the right price is. So uh, we took a pretty good stab at it. They accepted it, and let's see where where it goes. When it gets to the market, you have to have experience with the market to see if you're priced properly nowadays. Correct, and some of these off-market locations are make, are a little trickier. That's right. So again, let let's see what the market says of the of the pricing, but you never know. But to Ari's point, I think what's nice about our market and what's what makes it exciting for us is that it kind of, you know, it speaks to us as soon as we make a decision. So I always like to, mm-hmm. you know, talk to other brokers I'm friends with in, in the industry and kind of get a feel for what the consensus is. And I'll, I'll give credit to both Ari and Jordan Shea, who's not here, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But when the market started to slide a few months ago, we, you know, we all said the same thing, which was you take a comp that sold either a few months ago or a year ago, and you decrease that by 6%. You even discount it more. And then, you know, when you're talking to a seller about what that will do and how it'll react, the market will react and the market will tell you how it's going to be. Like if, even if you think you're priced right, if you don't have offers, the market's reacting to you saying it's not. If you're not strategizing, sorry, I just totally cut you off. No, no, no. Um, If you're not strategizing, if you're thinking only about number, then you're going to be dead in the water. All right, correct. So here's one I want everybody's opinion on, and we'll do it on the air. So I'm looking at a townhouse listing, and and it hasn't sold, I don't know, three months with somebody else, and I'm getting it, and I'm looking to raise the price. Aggressive. Yeah, why is that? What is your rationale? Because I think it's underpriced. Wants to be the hero. No, no, no. So so I'm sorry, Vince, do you think that buyers who should be looking in that price point aren't seeing it because it's priced too low? I'm not quite sure because I've just became aware of it. What's uh, your reasoning? Yeah, you obviously don't think it's the price. So, do you? What do you think the brokers doing wrong? Again, marketing, well, well, photos, all of that. Um, but, you, you but, know but, our, but going back to the comp conversation, you know, I have, I've just, I mean, I, I, I just looked at the house. I looked at the number that they're asking, and I said, that doesn't seem right. I mean, it just seems too low. Now, when I get into my analysis today, tomorrow, whatever, maybe the price is right, and maybe it's just a matter of what this marketplace is all about. But I have a sneaky feeling that. 
I don't know, I'm thinking another five or $600,000 up and maybe we'll settle at the price that it is currently asking. I don't know. It's something that I'm thinking about and I'm really, and the reason I bring it up is because I, I think I'm testing the waters with this. I'm testing the marketplace. Right. I don't know where it's going to go, but um, I, I love how, you. How are you going to explain that to the buyers that see that it was increased? Because everything's public now. You should have bought it when it was cheaper. If I may. (laughs) You you, you know what the the bottom floor is for the price then. Love the biggest challenge we face, right? Today, as brokers and sellers, the biggest challenge is that from day one, they're online and you've got a track record for your property, right? So Mm -hmm. to Vince's point, what he's thinking is, hey, I need to reinvent. I got to rebrand 123 Main Street, right? Absolutely. And how am I going to do that? Because ev- right now, for the past three months, every buyer and broker knows that that house <clears throat> was X price and it's not going anywhere. So the perception from a buyer with Zillow and all the rest of it, right? Street Easy, <clears throat> is what's wrong with this house? How come it hasn't sold? Right? So Vin's, uh, the approach is, is interesting. It just may be the right approach. Now, you may not get exactly what you raised the price to. But you're going to get people to take a look at it. You might get it. You might you might get a bidding war, right? You, you, but at the very least, you're going to put that house back on the radar. And 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 maybe the, the thinking is, and thank you for helping me clarify that. But but the, maybe the thinking is, it's coming out brand new. It's coming out yet again. Brand new marketing is now said. Brand new you know stra- strategy. And a new price. And, and new I'm eyeballs. I'm so sorry. At that price, it's different eyeballs. You're asking for different our eyeballs. honest opinion, and I have a great respect, and I love the way that you just played. That was an excellent argument, uh, Eugene. But Thank you very much. With, 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 with all due respect, what do we always say? It all comes down to price. And in this very always. intelligent always. market, what's the line we tell ourselves? You cannot underprice because if something is priced too low and the market perceives it as being priced too low, you will get multiple bids. You will get swarms. And since that did not happen, unless there was a great fault in the, the previous broker's marketing, the way that I have governed my business, I'm sorry, I, I would not want to go in raising the price for that property. I, guess I, I completely hear you, but I think uh, getting back to Anna's point, we've got to go to break, but getting back to Anna's point, I think getting a, a whole different set of eyes, a whole different set of people in another price category, maybe, and maybe there's some leverage to, it's not to say I'm going to raise the I, price. I wish this you what nothing I'm but the best with it, whatever you decide to do, but that's, you asked for my opinion. I agree. But <laughs> to find like, you to find maybe more. an in-between place where I'm not taking sides, <laughs> um, you know, it Mommy is. Mommy and daddy still love the, you. I guess the, the, the one way you can test is with a product like a townhouse because it's a different kind of product. And actually, Ari and I pitched for the same thing a few days ago, we found out. And we said the same thing. It was Small world. it was a certain kind of product that's very unique. And so we, you know, it's almost one of those things where it might not even matter what the price is because there's one buyer for it. Like there's such a specific buyer yes. for it. So maybe that's where that goes. But then you're definitely narrowing. All right, on that, on that, like that we have to take a break. This is Good Morning New York <clears throat> on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back and we're going to talk about Instagram. Instagram is just not for TV stars and kids who love it. Think again, the average age of social media platform users continues to rise, and the Instagram savvy New York City agents are reporting tremendous results. Uh, it's hitting critical mass, says Sean McPeak, a real estate salesperson at Halstead and also one of our panel members here. He began using it back in 2013, and he has seen uh, over the past several years uh, huge growth. Of approximately 120 deals over the past two years, he credits about 40% of his sales of $25 million to Instagram. Additionally, he estimates the platform has helped drive $50 million in sales at one particular development in Williamsburg, 184 Kent Avenue, for his partner, Katie, back when. Innovative? Well, sort of. So let's talk about Instagram, everybody, because we're all on it. We're all on all the social media platforms. You know, there's always this up and down, back and forth about it helps, it doesn't help, I can't be bothered, I don't know. A mix of social and personal, a mix of business. What is it? Sean? A uh, mix of social and personal? No, no, no. What, what, what's the, 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 the lore of Instagram? And is it really as helpful to real estate agents? As it is. I mean, it? I think that a lot of people are spending time on Instagram for a lot of different reasons. And uh, it's for personal. It's for their interest. It's, you know, it's a picture book. It's for family things. But then you can kind of do the, you know, you can slide in real estate sales um, into people's feed. I mean, they're already glued to it all day long for the most part. Uh, I think <clears throat> having 
your product displayed on Instagram is more effective than having it displayed on, you know, a popular television channel like CNN or, you know, NBC or something like that. Because people are on their couch and they're looking at their phone. They're not even watching TV. So people are really plugged in. I think um, if you speak to any social media expert, they'll all say you, you know, first of all, never have separate work and personal accounts. It's just such a no. Um, you always do like an 80-20, they say, of, you know, personal mixing with your real estate. And um, you just like keep it to keep true to yourself. Like don't try to be someone else. I, I actually, I, I've tried to ramp up my social media over the last two years. And um, our CMO at Core actually said to me, one of the reasons that she finds people like my Instagram is that it's just like very genuine to who I am. I don't try and hide like my love for my parents, but I also like to mix in some real estate stuff. Like I'm definitely going to add in some dogs here and there. I mean, just do what you like. Don't try and be I, I agree. I mean, we, we've been teaching classes and that's basically the gist of what we've been teaching. Uh, we, we like to use to do like a hard marketing piece for Instagram. We use a lot of influencers. So we're using people that normally wouldn't be selling real estate to sell our product for us. And just what to was that dog that you just used? So we just, we just went to contract on, um, an Instagram influencer's apartment. He's a dog named Rude Boy. It's at Rude Boy underscore RB is his handle. And he has, he has a little under 9,000 followers, but uh, we met his mom um, during our Halstead Instagram takeover a few months ago. <laughs> I know how I feel this about is a, a real dog conversation. having more fun followers than me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the people love dogs. And uh, we we thought, hey, let's combine dogs with real estate. And it worked. So, What exactly are you doing that's attributing for, attributing for 40% of your business? I mean, that's an... So, so that's, that's like, that's new development business. So, um, you know, when you have a product where you're really trying to jumpstart a new development, um, it depends what price range it has to be all specific to your market and your brokers. It's a, it's a very good way to market a new development and different aspects of the new development in the neighborhood. Um, it also has a lot to do with price points. So if you have 111 West 57th street, you can't just do like an Instagram marketing campaign and act like it's going to work. It, this is really for like the mid tier luxury, lower the lower end of the market. I agree with you because I've done that in in even an eight million dollar apartment that I had a new development last year earlier this year. It got no no interest, no likes, no anything. But anything under five got lots of interest and it's, probably lots of visitation. You know, it's it's a good. I look at Instagram as the new listing system. Uh, you have so much product on the market right now that uh, a broker doing a search. I mean. I did a search for someone the other day. I looked at 180 apartments to get through their search. So I don't think a lot of people are looking at 180 apartments like I am to but, get to complete a search. So it's good to have your Instagram out there because a broker who's just, you know, kind of off work for the day, let's say, and just kind of scrolling through and sees your product, they might go to Street Easier to their database and start looking up what you're kind of posting about. But, you know, as Niall always says, and I believe this and I and I agree with him, is, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right and I know you say the same thing, Sean. If you're going to do it, do a story, do it right, uh, because that's what's going to make make the difference. What I find sometimes, especially in the Instagram stories, is a lot of the younger millennial, you know, agents out there who are trying to attract, you know, buyers, thinking that they they represent these properties, and they don't. They're going to broker open houses. They're shooting all everybody's, you know. Uh, apartments, eight million, twenty million, fifteen million, and I'm like, you know what, guys, you're misrepresenting. These are not your 
properties. But it's yeah, part of their I, daily but life. I gotta say, but I gotta but say, it's part we, of their life. We, uh, yeah, it and, is. And, we and we get the, we have the privilege of being able to see a ton of different product. Now, I don't necessarily do that every day. No, but you don't. In, do that. in defense of other people who do that, I think that's a great strategy. You don't. You, you're new to the business. You don't have listings, but you're getting out there and you're seeing new product. But and engaging your your online. your audience. So I think that's and it's also entertaining. But yeah. here's the problem: it, they it, do it, these, it, but it can be. But hold on, the, they do these stories. And then they meet someone, say, who's interested because of a story and they don't know what they're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So That's I think it's point. like, so do you in the sense of like, <laughs> Brian Lewis was an actor. So he does these awesome videos. Like, well, that, De- Deanna, like, like Deanna Corey is on the movie screen at AMC. Like when you wow. see a, a, a movie on the Upper West Side, yeah. um, you know, I, like I always say my success is because I, I, I'm friendly with other brokers. And so I'll look at social media to like see what other brokers are listing. I, I use it to I use it to advertise other so. brokers, but we we did a we did a Soho uh, open seconds. house tour the other night, and we had one of our buyers reached out to us because of the story post um, on one of the lofts we looked at in Soho, and we had a showing yesterday. So all right, guys, I'm so sorry, but we are out of time. That's it for today. Thanks to Gene for coming here today, and to the panel as always. Shoot for the stars, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among a uh, shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And Confucius always says, "Say choose a job that you like and you will never work a day in your life. Be kind to one another. And for all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us. And we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. 